Let, let this duly be noted that uh, Luis just said off camera, I was told I was going to be asked some questions. <laughs> Absolutely. This is, oh my God. There's like a bug. That's all you know about That's this? That's it. That's it. Do not air this on television. This is the Jody and Todd podcast. And Jody, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and describe where we are. We're down here at field level in what I have always thought. This is the Fox Sports Arizona room, the concrete pillbox. But it is without question the coldest room in the state, is it not? It's very cold. I would be wearing a parka if I had one. But you've let me kind of open the door and let some air in. So <laughs> the air that no one wants, the hot air, and, I like it. <laughs> you know where, where I go sometimes when it's really hot here. I will just sit in here sometimes and cool off. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. No. I've been hiding no in here for almost 17 years. Really? Yes. Right. Yes. I have a I phone, no I, I have a phone, a chair, a commode, and, and water. And that's all you need, right? Did you know that... I would not come in no. and barge in. So you could be in here, you know, yes. and, and you would have solitude. There because... are times when I can tell just before we had, I was down here before we had like the internet going to my phone. Wow. So I'd have to listen to the roar of the crowd and go, oh, okay, I think something good happened. <laughs> and then I'd backpedal. Um, can I, we have a special guest. Can I bring him into the podcast? Yes. Do you know John DiAquisto? I do know John, yes. And John, a former major league player, obviously part of the MLB staff on the field with the, with the whole replay operation. I don't want to talk about that, but also Jody. John, what's the name of the book? Fastball John. And you know how I feel about this book. The first page, the first page had me. You had me at hello. (laughs) This is, it's like having a child though, isn't it? When you, when you start the process of putting a book together. Yes. It, it took uh, 12 years uh, compiled of all the stories in, in a journal. Mm-hmm. And then uh, six years of putting it into LegalPad and then mm-hmm. putting it into Microsoft Word and then sending it off to my co-writer to edit. And it was a long, hard process because it's like the Bible. What are the early reviews? What are, what are people around baseball saying? All five-star reviews. They love it. It's a true story, of honest story about yes. a journeyman. Uh, relief pitcher, which everyone writes about superstars, you know, and it's like, well, what about the guys that played 12 years or 10 years or 11 years that were relief pitchers, you know, and did the jobs like Archie Bradley's doing and, you know, uh, setup man and, you know, things like that. They never hear about these stories. So I just decided that maybe it was time to just tell the whole story about how my career started and how it finished in my life, too. Jody, I will tell you that I, I grew up in a certain era where what you are describing now is the, is the book that I grew up with, which was Ball Four by Jim Bouton, who at the time was a journeyman relief pitcher. I, Jim Bouton's book changed sports as we know it, but this is one of the most fascinating reads. So I, I'm going to will you his copy that he gave me because yeah, I think yeah. I did not know John was an author. I mean, I've seen here John, of course, for a, a while and working with MLB. I knew that you were a pitcher in the major leagues, of course, but. I never, uh, I never knew you had this going on, so it was amazing. I can't wait to read it. I kept it very quiet <laughs> uh, because, you know, a lot of times when you want to do a project, you know, and you'd start blabbing about it, you know, sometimes it fizzles out and then you look like a fool and I didn't want to go there. I wanted to keep it a secret. And a lot of the things in the book were relative to keeping it a secret too. You know, other people involved in the book and, and what happened to me in my legal side of it. So, you know, it had to be really... Chrono- 
chronologically put together well so that, and then we changed the names to protect the innocent, of course, that were involved, but it, it came out well. It came out really well. And again, really, really how, proud of it. how can people get it? How, many, how can you get this book? Uh, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, uh, eBooks, okay. uh, in any Barnes and Noble you can okay. go to and order it. Uh, it's everywhere now. Or Jody, as you know, if you know a guy, you can just ask <laughs> I him. I do. Yes. Uh, I do have signed copies uh, okay. of it. All right, all right. Okay. I know two guys. Yeah, then, actually. Right. Well, let, let's keep this going. Jody, you were just on the road with the, with the Diamondbacks who have put together an unbelievable streak. And speaking of pitching, it starts with starting pitching, doesn't it, this it's, whole thing? It's been unbelievable to watch. I mean, I saw so many amazing things over the last, you know, 13 games. And, you know, J.D. Martinez hitting four homers was one of them. But, I mean, the pitching is probably the most amazing from – consistency going out there over this stretch they have a 1.56 starters ERA and the bullpen's not far behind actually I think it's 1.91 for the entire staff and it's just clicking they're passing the baton from one to the other you know after Robbie Ray had 14 strikeouts the next night Granky almost was sheepish about seven innings one run right. he's like I think he had seven or eight strikeouts and he kind of was like Robbie was amazing you know and I'm just trying to keep it going and that's how it's gone and it's really cool to see Archie Bradley I joke that if you blink you'll miss the eighth I mean he just <laughs> gets out there and just throws the ball speaking of fastball john this is like fastball archie just and he, he just i don't know if you were quick worker john but i mean this guy he just gets out there and he can't wait to get to finish these guys off and he does it rodney's been been the same he obviously is more methodical out there but it's it's been awesome to be part to be able to watch this john is it starting pitching it is contagious isn't it i've always thought it was uh, absolutely contagious of uh, being watching these young men for the past four years and, and seeing how they've developed and what they've done. I see an increase of speed working faster and faster, starting with Robbie Ray, who came up with the idea yeah. and said, I got better because I work faster. The year before that, they were walking around the mound, looking up in the sky. You saw what I saw. It was the same thing. Now this year, it's like, give me the ball. I'm ready to go. I know I worked the clock. I see how fast they work. Yeah. It's like bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Okay, you know, let's go. And that has a lot to do with the pitcher's rhythm. And being that rhythm is very important for location of pitches where you want to put the ball. If you're taking your time, your mechanics will be all over the place. If you're rapid fire and working fast, your mechanics are more rhythmic and you become a better pitcher. Well, it's almost like dictating, right, a little yeah, bit. I mean, exactly. and I'm not talking about Trevor Bauer telling a guy to get in the box, but I mean, it's more like dictating the, the almost like owning that at bat where the hitter can take control, but they're not doing it and they're throwing first pitch strikes. They're not letting them get set. If you let a hitter get set, he then owns you. When you're ready to go, that hitter can't get set. And that makes the advantage to the pitcher every single time. And then get ahead with a strike, that's even worse for the hitter. So you got to take the, the advantage away from the hitter, and that's a great way to start from the mound to start off like that. Is, is Patrick Corbin the most obvious example of what you're talking about to me? The, the, there's, I was stealing this line from Bob Brindley, but the confidence now that he exudes, the conviction in what he's doing, and the execution of it, they are lockstep, are they not? Yes, they are lockstep. And he, he, he is an example that you would say is uh, probably the best example from working so slow to working a lot faster and throwing strikes first pitch. 
and you look at his record where he was winning games versus where he was losing games or getting in trouble and not making it into the fifth or sixth inning, he was not throwing the ball for strike on the first pitch. And you got to be able to throw two of them for strikes because what you're going to do is you're going to go to the first three, you're going to establish your fastball. Second three, you're going to establish your breaking stuff and change-ups to get an offset. And then hopefully you'll make it in deep, deep into the game. Well, that's what he's doing now. He's got a great changeup, a great slider, and a great curveball, but he's going with that slider, and he's throwing it to the right heel of, mm-hmm. of the right-handed hitters. Keeps him off balance. He's doing it. Jody, are you warming up at all? Little bit. Little bit. It's a nice steady stream of cold, though, so yes. it's a nice mix. Okay. <laughs> it's a nice mix here. Uh, I want to <laughs> get, get your take, both of you. you. You were in Los Angeles. You played this game at this level. I'm not going to name names, producer Josh Kelman. But he described the Los Angeles Dodgers. He was there with you as, yep. and, I'm gonna, and I'm not being flippant in his word, impotent about their game. They looked like they had just lost all their mojo and that confidence. And honestly, the Rockies did too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just something that happens. And just like Tori was describing his team a month ago, he said that. He said there wasn't, you know, they just weren't having that same energy that they have now. Can't turn the switch though in August, can you? Or we're in September now. Uh, no, you yeah. can't. Lackluster is a good way to, to to approach it. But Al Michaels once made a great statement of, of a team that was lackluster. He said it looked like a walking commercial for Valium. <laughs> now, when you look at it, you'd say, yeah, that's probably a great way to explain it. But you know, lackluster. It's like they didn't want to play. Here come the Diamondbacks marching into town just swept you, you better be ready to play because they're going to try to do it again because now the confidence level is skyrocket and you're not even playing. You're not even giving an effort. Yeah. And I saw that because I watch every single game at home, you know, when I'm home and when you're on the road and and you see a lot more on TV, you know, and, yeah. and I saw exactly that lackluster. They didn't want to play. Colorado was the same way, same way. Jody, I was thinking I've been around here since the beginning of time about certain athletes that have come down the pike here in Arizona. Charles Barkley, who was the face of the Suns, face of the city. Jeremy Roenick for a time was the face of the Coyotes, spoke for the city. But the key to both those guys was that they delivered the goods. Archie Bradley is doing that. And I know you have a clip. Tell us about what we're about to hear. Well, and Archie is delivering on the field, but he's also, as we saw here against the Dodgers last month, delivering a message that I think a lot of the guys on the team would like to deliver, but maybe they're not, you know, just not that personality. And that was that this is our house. Chase Field is their house. And he wanted to make that known. And so Archie has been outspoken with that. And he is with everything, really. And so the other day, Yasmani Grandal was asked in a, in a group of uh, reporters around, I believe it was, and he said, you know, after two losses, to the D-backs, which actually was five straight after the sweep here in L.A., said, is playoff matchup-wise, you know, what does this do? Almost, you know, I don't remember how it was phrased, but, do you, you know, does this change things? Do you fear them? Anything like that? And he said, well, we know we're the better team. What's your reaction to that? Uh, you should say that. Look at the season series, though. There's one more games. Um, this isn't a, a challenge. We're both playing baseball. Clearly, they are the better team. They have the best record in the big leagues. No one's denying that. But on field, head-to-head, we're the better team. Does that mean anything? No, it doesn't mean one thing. We still have to win a wild card game. We still have to make the playoffs. They're sitting in the driver's seat, so he should say that. He should think they're the better team, and we should think we're the better team. That's the way this goes. But uh, on paper, head-to-head, the Diamondbacks have more wins against the Dodgers than the Dodgers do against the Diamondbacks. Um, like I said, I'm not saying that as in trash 
talking. I'm saying that as in, I believe in this squad. He believes in their squad. That's what this is about. These are the type of, uh, not rivalries, but these are the type of games and these are the type of interviews and the type of uh, emotions and passions that you want people to feel. The Dodgers are a really good team, and Yasmani Grandal should say that, and I'm going to say the same thing I just said. Um, and that's what this is about. They're in the driver's seat. We have to catch them, and that's what we're trying to do. So there you have it from Archie Bradley. It's confident but not cocky and, mm -hmm. and not disrespectful to what the Dodgers have done. But I'll tell you one last thing about the Dodgers and the D-backs this year. I'm sitting on the bus after they just swept them for the second straight time, first time since 05 for that, 11-8 and eight on the season. And I'm thinking about Tori and just being from L.A. and going to games at Dodger Stadium as a kid. And I, I tweeted about it, actually, because he's a Southern California guy who's now – turn the tables on the Dodgers and you know you guys know for this franchise that's big anything in Arizona with LA there's that yes but this team had that in 11 and 12 there was a stretch of 15 of 18 when the D-backs had won against the Dodgers and it's so important to have that against that mm -hmm. franchise whether they're good or they're bad but especially this year when they're they've been amazing until this point so Tory did say though on his off day he actually that night he receives 40 to 50 nasty texts from his buddies in LA that took it personally that he did this to the Dodgers and for Arizona and for the Diamondbacks that's a good thing. You know I, Jody I, you and I are in the same camera well at Dodger Stadium. I think it's the coolest vantage point unless you're playing. And yeah. I always used to take, I still love taking pictures. And I, I saw you posted some of the step, the top step going, we're, they literally walked right by it. Yeah. It's almost hit me sometimes. I had to get JD after home run yes. number four. It was not a good picture. No, it doesn't matter. But it was a picture that will stay with me no. forever. But I, um, when I was there for the first time with Tori around the All-Star break, with those horrible games, the sun was setting. It was that Dodger blue sky that Vince Scully would always describe. And Tori was on the top step with his arms on the, on the bar with his coaching staff. I took a picture. It, it came out really cool. And I looked at it and like, I, I want to give him this. But they were swept. So I waited about a month. And I sent it to him. And I go, look, I know I know what happened. But many years down the road, maybe you'll just remember your first times to Dodger Stadium. And I sent it to him. He's like, that was really cool. But I think whatever you took <laughs> this series blows the week that we yeah, had away. Yeah, well, I'm sure your was, picture is way better than no, mine, just, so it still holds. It's a work of art. It's a work it's, of art. Uh, it's been amazing because, you know, something that was unexpected, oh. and they really did it in, you know, to win the one game 13 to nothing and then to grind the other yes. two out 3 to 1 and, and just the way that they did it. And, you know, Zach Granke being honest like he usually is says, I feel like we caught them at a down time, and yep. that's an honest emotion that's too, right, and that's yep. not necessarily a wrong emotion. No. And, and that's real. But we hope that we're going to find out what this means in the postseason, yeah. and then we'll really find out. And John, as we wrap this up, you, <laughs> I was listening to the radio driving in here today, and someone had a great point. The Dodgers rotation has about three starts apiece to get it back. Yeah. That, that doesn't feel like a lot of time to me. It's not really a lot of time because anything can happen in that period, and you don't know. No one's got a crystal ball. Right. You've got to go out every game and play tough. And if you're winning, going into that short game, that one game series, I am looking at the D-backs 100% yeah. having the momentum going their way than to have to have my manager write something and tweet it out saying, okay. well, you know, all is well. All is well. Yes. Please believe me. No, things are not well when you're losing. And you, and I, I was with the White Sox in 83 when we had a 22-game lead and we got beat 3-1 to one by the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. You remember that. You know that. 
And it, it happens. You get complacent with what, what you're doing winning. And you have to keep that edge going. And D-backs have the edge. Dodgers have lost the edge. It's like you have to earn it every day. Every and it's day. true. It's almost yeah. it's like life. It's like anything. And it yeah. really doesn't matter what you've done. It's, it's nice to know that you've done it. It's nice to know you have some equity there you have some credibility but it's about that day and that game and that pitcher and all those matchups that moment thank you can you feel your feet by the way are you, i'm okay uh, you know, I'm, I'm weathering this because your lips well. are like, the color of blue of your eye guys john diaguisto <laughs> name of the book is again fastball john okay and it's available at barnesandnoble.com okay. and barnesandnoble and also amazon.com. Her legs are shaking. I know. <laughs> John did a fantastic job. I'm going to go get a blanket. Jody, I know your thoughts are with uh, your, your people back in, in South Florida, right? A lot of my friends are there and uh, my aunt is there, but they are moving northward and that's great. Um, it's, you know, back in the day, a lot of people, and not, not too long ago, like last year, <laughs> would mm -hmm. stay down there. There was her name Matthew last year. And uh, I just, hopefully, this won't be as devastating as Hurricane Andrew was, although it looks like it could be. Well, Josh Kelman, we're going to send it back to you as we conclude the Jody, John, and Todd podcast to find the appropriate music to take us out here. We're thinking about everyone back there and everyone in harm's way, but we're also um, hoping you guys enjoy the ride with the Dimebacks as much as we have. Wipe all the years from your mind. We'll get the rings this time. Thanks for listening to the Todd and Jody podcast on Fox Sports Arizona. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. 